James, I forgot how to start this shit. Hey guys, my name's James. My name's Corwin. And welcome to This, this Movie's, movie's gay. gay. Um, And we are joined by the amazing, the incredible guest here between us, right over there. Guest. Oh, Jesus, sorry. I'm, t- <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tavia. Hello. <laughs> I'm putting that on Corwin. I would not have done it that way. I would have done a ramp up. Would have said where you, where we know you from, like life, and that's it. I'd be everywhere. I mean, as far as the the podcast is concerned, when she were talking about the podcast, James Tavia has been on the podcast before, but not on the stream. So our listeners know twice now. Twice now. I'm pretty much a series regular. Series regular. Your stream friends might not know who he is. Well, he's here, uh, and I, you know, you do an entire podcast without me, so maybe, maybe you should, maybe you as the person in that podcast should mention what that is. Yeah, this is how I would introduce TC. Okay. My best friend, the funniest person I know, lights up the room whenever he's here, even when he isn't cyberly, virtually, my day gets brightened. You know him from what the hell mouth? You know him from no, no, the no, stick. more compliments. Oh, you know him more from compliments. the show made great by him, what the hell mouth? Even sound-wise, I don't know what he's doing, but the reason why it sounds great is because of him. And then, oh my God, the reason people went over to our Patreon in the be- to begin with, we had zero until he said, hey, the podcast that be to review Angel, that's why I'm going over. That's what the people were saying. Patreon.com forward slash MLM pod should just be called Patreon.com forward slash our guest today, TC Tavia, insert last name, not sure if he's comfortable with doing that. Will people no. give me money if I give them my ass? Okay. <laughs> it's part of your cash app, isn't it? No. Oh, my okay. name across everything is some variation of Tavia CW. Okay. Well, just drop that cash app. Just drop it. Drop it right in chat. I wish that worked for me. Yeah, that was a great introduction, James. Uh, now I'm feeling like, like, how would you introduce me, James? This dude I do That's a, a show question. with Corwin. You I mean, fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> no, I've I've introduced you before. I'm mostly speaking Sentai. You've never introduced me to that degree. That's because TC was egging it on, and I yes and everything my friends do. I wish I could say the same about them. Now what the fuck? Wow. What is that? What you guys <laughs> stiff arm me constantly. <laughs> Every. Aren't we taking time out of our days to, like, do a podcast with you, like, specifically for your podcast network? It's not us being like, hey, James, I, you know, I really want to do this podcast. It's James going, hey, do you want to do this podcast with me? And, and me being like, said yes. yes, yes, I do. Sure, I will do that. And once After all we've done for you, James. After all we've done for you, James. After all of the labor we've done. Oh, the labor. This is the thanks we get. You guys have been very nice and driven over to my apartment instead of me lugging equipment. Uh, Yes, the croissants croissants. I've given you. The Burger King. Yes, thank you. The Burger King. Uh, Once we start making money, it's not just me making money. It's also you guys. TC has, I don't know, upwards of $30 from Patreon once we see each other in person. I need that really bad. (laughs) (laughs) And if you guys... 
the listeners, if you join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash MLM pod, stuff every single Friday and exclusive streams and watch alongs, TC makes even higher because that percentage will start going up. I love that for me specifically. I love that for you because it also benefits Nicole because Nicole also makes money off from the Patreon. Lovely. Um, what Patreon are you guys talking about? Patreon.com. Maybe I should type in MLM Patreon because I have a fucking shout out for it on my channel. Oh, I thought TC was a, what you moved your hands up and you were like, whoa, just calm down on the swear no, I was raising the roof for, M- for MLM's Patreon. MLM's Patreon. Yeah, we've got a very special guest today. And for those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a while, we were going to have this guest for this movie two years ago, (laughs) two two years ago uh, during Pride, during our like, uh, you know, Pride movie celebrations. But there ended up being a lot of scheduling things and uh, just didn't pan out. It didn't pan out. So we watched Pose instead, uh, which is fair because it borrows a lot of things from this movie. A funny story. Go ahead. We almost had uh, scheduling issues today because James just really, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's up with you guys' communication, but (laughs) Corwin James is a producer. I think you guys (laughs) should really talk about it. I'm going to let you introduce the movie and everything, but I would like to, you know, just... If I could pull you aside and just talk about James and his behavior. (laughs) Does it need to be inside or can it be like on? (laughs) Can it be like on? Just for the content? I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. I'm totally Uh, willing to do that, but I will say, you know, it's it's out of control. (laughs) James's behavior. Uh, the movie this week is a very important one. Um, it is called Paris is Burning. If you're unfamiliar with it, it's a uh, documentary about the ball scene uh, in New York, um, which a lot of drag and a lot of queer vernacular and a lot of um, queer culture comes from that that scene. Uh, so that's why it's it's really important. Um, so we'll talk about that, but, uh, first, yeah, yeah. Let me, what's, uh, what, give me, give me this tea. Give me this. Let me hear it. Can I say something? I wasn't going to bring this up. I wasn't going to bring this up. I I don't think, I I imagine you wouldn't. So James reached out to me. (laughs) James reached out to me a couple weeks ago and he said, Hey, you know, would you be good to do Paris is burning on, um, Tuesday, February 16th. I'm like, yeah, you know, I would love to. Yeah. I even went so far as to be like, hey, you know, I care so greatly about Corwin um, that I would really love to be involved in this process. You know, I brought up, you know, we wanted to do it last year, some technical difficulties that I think if we look back on that, probably on James as well. Um, (laughs) You know, after hearing the things, I would agree. Why would he not message me two years ago and remind me to put gas in my <laughs> Why would he not do that? Uh, he should have been telling you to check your oil, to make sure you he check engine light. Gas in my tank. He should have put the gas in, his, in your tank personally. He should have scooted over, put the gas in, and then scooted Ga- back. The little but, red like, gas things are not super expensive. Not expensive. He should have waited by your car, actually, to make sure that your car worked before scooting back in case he needed to carry you on his back. To like Sounds make it to, to the podcast. I think so. I would have had so many croissants ready because that's who so, I yeah. am. You because know. we're, you know, distancing right now, we didn't have those issues, but we were doing, we do a bi-weekly live stream where we play music and he just mm-hmm. springs it on me and he's like, hey, are you still good to do Paris is burning tomorrow? <laughs> 
Now, anyone that knows me knows I don't I don't have a calendar. I barely know when we're doing our podcast, but sure. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I you know, know I'm so good to do it. James, please don't speak over me. James had me under the impression that you all watch the movies never on the live stream. Never did I say that. Oh. But you never didn't say it either. So. <laughs> you and I don't do that. When we do What the Hell Mouth, we, and do not bring up the one time that you wanted me to do that, so we did you that. You are being so aggressive. Oh, you are being so aggressive. aggressive. You're, you're so talking aggressive. like someone who is at fault and doesn't want to take responsibility. <laughs> Um, and I just think this is really, I'm, I think it's very clear. <laughs> so we're like working on the sound today. And I was like, oh, and we're watching it together. Right. And James was like, what? <laughs> I was like, we're watching. He said, no, he was like, did you watch it? I was like, no, why would I watch it? We watch it together. And he was like, dude, no, we don't. Um, so I just watched the movie uh, right before we started. So at least it's fresh in my memory. Um, but we were, I was like, do you guys need to do this one today? Because I'm not sure it's going to pan out. Oh my God. Um, I want to jump to chat for a second because Anwell is here with the, uh, the hot takes, the, the live stream takes. I'm here for talking problems out. Yes. Love that. James sounds like a really bad friend. Oh my God. <laughs> James is assholes. my best friend. He's just his communication style. Um, I think we're on two different pages. Yours is a lack of communication, and mine is just good open communication. Can I, I might say be something issue. Nicole <laughs> no, said no, no, today? No, no, wait, wait, wait. I think that you shouldn't say anything. Oh, you're you're not gonna let a woman is speak? Is it from Nicole? It's, it's a thing. Nicole. It's something Nicole said. Nicole said, "I but don't like, know quote why." Verbatim. I don't know why she wanted it to be until Christmas, but she said, hey, we should get TCA calendar for Christmas. And I said, please, if we can get it to him sooner, that would be so beneficial to me because there are times when like you rescheduling just like mess up the schedule of my week because I'm like, well, I can't have a day off now because now my day off is recording with TC and having to mix it. Which I don't mind, um, uh, but it'd be... You guys, like, you're really lucky the snowstorm happened, because I actually had physical therapy tonight, because I didn't know we were doing this today. I was going to be going and, like, strengthening my shoulder, and you were going to be like, dude, where are you? And I was going to be at the office, like, six blocks away. But See, um, I think if you got me a calendar, what I'd do is you'd be like, oh, don't forget we're doing this on the 10th. And I'd be like, okay, cool. And then I would go and take one of my, like four hour luxurious naps and then I'd wake up and be like, is there something I'm supposed to put on my calendar? No, I should be good. And then the ninth would come and you'd be like, are you still good for tomorrow? And I'd be like, good for what? <laughs> there was a what? time. What am I supposed to do? There was a time TC, what, we were, we record two podcasts, one for, we watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one we watch Angel. And you thought we were recording the podcast that B on a day we were recording uh, What the Hell Mouth. And then you said, oh, I haven't even watched the Angel one. So I was like, you wouldn't have even been ready for that one. <laughs> I have. That was the one time in life James has ever yelled at me. <laughs> I did not I just, yell at you. I have reached. It is on. It was recorded. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. If it's recorded and I'm yelling at you, it is for humor. Uh-huh. I think that, like, I've reached the level of quarantine where, like, days aren't... I know I have therapy on Tuesday, um, and then that's about it. Everything else, I'm just like, this is a day I can sleep 14 hours, and this is not. For this whole thing, I want to point out that I specifically... James was like, hey, the movie, do you want me to rent... Do you want me to sign up for a Criterion uh, 
thing and like give you the login to watch the movie. And I was like, oh, is it not on Netflix anymore? Which, by the way, it's been on Netflix for like 10 years. Where the fuck did it go? Hello? Um, this movie is so hard to find now. Um, if you don't have Criterion, um, you can't even rent it on Amazon. It's not available there. So James reached out about that. And I was like, I will figure out how to watch it on my own. And I specifically said, make sure you send the movie so that TC can watch it. I did. No, I, once you said that, once I found it, I sent it to TC. And TC, what did you tell me today? Uh, well, I'm sorry. To be clear, here's my thing. And this is just, again, my opinion. I'm not a producer, so I could be wrong. <laughs> if you ask somebody to watch something two weeks ago, I probably would have sent me the link two weeks ago and not oh last night. But, like, that's just me. <laughs> it's great that you did that because now it's fresh in my mind. But, whoa, you put me on a time crunch. What if I needed, like, time to, like, really, like, process? What if I needed to watch it another time to I process the movie? I mean, you do movie? need time to process this movie. That's fair. I had none. I, I'm processing it now. I will I will point out a defense for 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 James and for for TC not knowing to watch the movie before beforehand when we were first doing this podcast our first year two year and a half however yeah. long we were doing it pre covid uh the way we would do it is and anytime we had a guest we would all go to James's house before the podcast time and watch the movie together so This is true that's and how the last TC's time my car on, broke down. Yeah, yeah. And TZ's been on the podcast. So that's, I understand that. Um, but no, because we changed the format, you know. The last time we did, um, oh, what was that movie? I don't remember. That long a, ass a Ripley. movie. Um, a yeah, Mr. Oh, Mr. Ripley. Mr. Ripley. The thing that made me very angry and still makes me angry Such anytime I think about it. <laughs> I was actually, someone, uh, someone like subtweeted to on a twitter thing about uh watching gay movies and stuff and uh a guy uh, i'm assuming a guy uh sorry to assume your pronouns but they were like there's actually a podcast for this and they they added us um he's they've done it a couple times uh which is great i i love that i love that people know about us um and that whenever they see tweets about you know wanting to watch more queer film they they subtweeted it. it's great and i was going through like our list of episodes and just like naming off a few of the movies and i saw the talented mr ripley and i was like oh and immediately went by it i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna recommend that one right now i'm not in the space it's not great and also i was trying to explain the movie to my sister to reference something and explaining the movie almost takes longer than the movie <laughs> itself because there are like 38 <laughs> plot lines and i was like and then there's this part where like so he's pretending to be um dicky but also he is also pretending he's so gwyneth paltrow is dicky's girlfriend and he's her to pretending and there's some rings and that's how gwyneth paltrow and my sister was like okay <laughs> <laughs> I can, can I imagine get a notebook and maybe take some things down. <laughs> I can imagine your sister saying that in that exact. I can imagine that. Amazing. It's not a great movie. <laughs> TC, it's. <laughs> I've noticed one of your favorite things to do is recap entire movies and TV series that you just watched to your friends and family. And love that. I someday when our po when our podcast gets like semi popular enough for this to happen someone will like make a compilation of every single time you have just been like hey i watched all 7 seasons of this tv show in one week here is the plot of it 
Speaking of that recap, uh, would you like to recap this movie for us? <laughs> the oh, the eyes, the wide eyes. <laughs> um, I it's kind of hard. I understand because it's a it's a documentary. Um, I think if I were to recap it, I would say it's like a documentary, sort of just about like the more specifically than just like queer, sort of the like butch femme kind of like trans scene in New York in the late 80s, early 90s um, and like the ballroom scene and sort of just like how that really was more like and not it just like being fashion and about dance. It was sort of this togetherness and where queer people were, fi- uh, were finding family at that time. Yeah. And the family aspect's great because you actually have um, for those people that compete in the ballroom scene, a lot of them are in families uh, yeah. together and they have a mother and a lot of those families are actually still around today um, and still like, you know, uh, doing drag and doing various things in the ball scene. Like uh, Extravaganza, I think is still around uh, La Beja uh, Ninja. All of those are like, there are still drag Queens that are part of those families um, and they have, you know, mothers that like run the family and stuff. So that's, it's, you know, it is, it's, a pivotal part of the found family thing that a lot of queer people have in life. It was really nice to watch because I think there are so (laughs) many things that like you see in queer culture that it kind of seems like stem from them. Like there's a part where they talk a lot about how like a lot of the stuff that they're wearing is either stuff they've made or stuff that like was really cheap and they found it and they were able to kind of spruce it up. And I think that that's a common thing that like queer people do nowadays where like a lot of the stuff we're wearing is stuff that like you're buying from these super cheap places and you're just like, okay, but I can pull a good outfit together. And I, that really resonated with me. I like, yeah. I liked uh, a lot about the, fa- uh, the, sorry, I don't know what I was saying. The family <laughs> aspect. And then just the aspect of like being able to create the fashion that you want to wear to sort of like tell a story of who you are. I thought that was nice. Really heartwarming. A very yeah. bittersweet documentary. It, it is. It is very bittersweet. There's a lot of, it's just a lot of heart wrenching things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, uh, first of all, knowing that, you know, it's only been, it was like late, it's only been like 30, 30 40 so years. years. And most of those people are dead. Most of them are gone. And there were a few people that died actually, like, while the documentary was being created. And they actually touched on one of those deaths in the documentary because it was, uh, a brutal murder. Um, of a queen, uh, which we need to acknowledge that uh, they were a trans queen. And that is something that, you know, you're like, oh, that was 30 years ago. But that's there are still a lot of trans people that are murdered to this day. So it's kind of hard, I understand, to watch movies and documentaries and things like this um, because you have that and you've got to uh, we've got to understand that that's still that still happens and people that are cis uh, necessarily don't have to deal with those problems. Um, So that's a privilege that, you know, cis people have. So just that's that. I don't know if you want to say anything else, either of you. Um, I think it was a, like, that's a very like sobering part of what is sort of like, even when you're in the midst of like really enjoying the beauty of the togetherness and everything, I, I was interesting that they put it at the end because I think that is sort of like the the trans experience is like as much as like you are happy and you feel freer and you are enjoying this person that you are now, there is always this like 
looming fear, I think, in the background. Um, and I can't speak, you know, super in depth to the experience of trans women, but I do think that like overall as a, a, a like common thread that I think is across the board when you are trans, it's just like, yes, I'm happier in this body. Yes, I'm happier being able to present this way. But there is this overwhelming fear that, like, ultimately, how safe am I on a day-to-day basis? Um, and it was, like, really interesting and sort of, like, you're enjoying it. And you're like, wow, these people have found this family. They found this way to be free and they enjoy themselves. And then I think at the end, I was kind of like, oh, that's sad. That's like a... And even the way that, like... um I'm trying to remember her name. I think it was Corey. I don't want to say it wrong. I can't remember her last name, but she's talking at the end and she says, you know, if you shoot your arrow and it goes really high, great for you. But for the most part, you kind of just have to enjoy, you know, you you make it, you make, you know, do with what you have and enjoy that and enjoy this life. If you go further, great. If you don't enjoy this. And I was like, I guess that's like a, it's a really good nugget of like wisdom to have. But also I do wish that like more of them have had gone further and weren't just like these names that like sure we exalt them now but like it, it it goes back to that thing of like it's been 30 years and you hear about them now but like i think it's that thing of like give people their flowers while they're still here i'm sure they would have liked to know that like we still know their names we still care about them we still appreciate them but like i just hope that more trans people get to experience that now yeah um it was definitely heart-wrenching in it that you had uh all these queens talking about you know, they want to live with the person they love and have like this nice life and all these things. And they have all these dreams and goals. And it's like, oh, they, they got that taken from them. They had everything taken from them just because they were being who they are um, and living their life. I think it was Dorian Corey, uh, who you're talking about, Um, which fun fact about that. That queen specifically. Uh, she was in a lot of the, a lot of the film. And uh, post death, after her death, uh, everyone went to Queens and things, went to her apartment and, you know, were getting her things and all of that. And uh, they found a corpse. <laughs> they found a mummy in a chest in her apartment. So during the filming of this, somewhere in this shot, somewhere in there, there is a dead body. So just, just everyone should know that. It's a fun, fun little tidbit. People, I, I think it was an abusive, an abusive ex or something like that. But yeah, it's a fun, fun, interesting tidbit about that drag queen. And they were throwing so much Y'all shade. Y'all are so silent. <laughs> they, they were throwing so much shade at like the new kids of just like oh i remember in my day we did it this way i guess it's the sign of the times of them doing dynasty and all of that bullshit i was like oh they're gonna all see this you know that right (laughs) but also there's that part where they're talking about like specific families and one of them from the pendavis family is like i would never be in that i wouldn't be caught dead in that house yeah (laughs) there's there's a there's a lot of that and um i think that's one of the you know, the beautiful things to to see in the drag community is that because that's where vote they talk about it a lot. That's like sort of what developed Vogue uh, and voguing um, were those like infighting things. So you've got this dance and this beautiful art that was like created from from throwing shade and, you know, trying to be the best 
uh, and all that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. One of those beautiful moments in there. I watched this movie actually with my roommate and I'm glad I did because like I'm I'm like vaguely familiar with a lot of like the drag scene and ball culture and things like that. Like I have I have just like a general knowledge uh, because I grew up in a small town in the south and didn't know any of these things. So to have like just a a vague knowledge of it and then go into the movie um, and I watched it with my roommate who uh, has a broader knowledge of that. Um, And my roommate's actually the one that told me the story of the the queen that had a mummy in their in their apartment so to hear like you know to talk about uh those specific queens and things um before we watched the movie he actually showed me a clip from another documentary called the queen i think and it was a clip of uh crystal labeja who was pepper labeja's mother in the drag scene uh pepper labeja was that family that you were talking about that uh, i think that was that was the family that they were like i don't want to be in that family like the most decorated <laughs> yeah 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 the most decorated so like there's there's just like that history there um where you can like see which queens you know are uh being mentored and are the mother of like certain queens and things like that so there's like a whole community a whole culture there which is interesting to know and to see um and i'm sure a lot of people have studied or hopefully a lot of people will study because seeing different art forms, um, which drag is an art form, like develop through that, through passing down uh, of mentorship and stuff like that. That's just, it's so fancy. It's so incredible to me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This documentary was dope. It yeah, was, I know. I loved ev- Like it kept going. I did. There was no lull in it. <laughs> it's also uh, like visually and aesthetically pleasing because New York in the 80s is cool. Uh, I'd like to see Chicago in the 80s. You see like people always like, oh, if you watch these uh, TV shows and movies from the 80s, you can see Los Angeles, you can see New York, but you never see Chicago in the 80s. Uh, just a I thought I had. Say, I have no idea what was going on in Chicago in the 80s. I was like, there had to have been something, but I don't know. I have no I idea what queer Chicago was like in the 80s. Yeah. Was there a house scene here? Corwin, let us know. <laughs> I have it had no to idea. have been house. Yeah. I mean, there were in every like major city, there's usually like a queer scene because a lot of queer people tend to congregate in cities because it's easier than being in a rural area. Um, that so is true. you like find your family uh, in a city and then you end up with neighborhoods like Boys Town uh, and Andersonville that usually queer people sort of move to and create a whole. Uh, neighborhood around which then goes into like gentrifying things you know that was what Um, i was thinking when you said boys town specifically i was like a big thing that i really did like about this documentary is it is predominantly black and brown queer Mm -hmm. people and you don't see us be the focal point very often and i think then it makes me wonder like had they you know lived what we would call like a full life if they had lived to be 50 60 70 i wonder like what their like take on how like the the ball scene and like voguing and all of these things the like um the language and everything how it is sort of like it has been gentrified like shade and dragging and like at one point she's talking about how like they're kikiing together and i was like i wonder like if they would know that like white people took these things and be like oh this is what i wanted or if they'd be like oh okay cool thanks yeah i wonder that a lot i mean and i also like you know wonder if they were alive today if they 
would be able to achieve those dreams and goals that they set for themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, one would hope. But unfortunately, the world sucks. Yeah. Like... It does suck. <laughs> it sucks. And we need to acknowledge that. Um, especially the past four years have been uh, very brutal. So, you know, James or TC, did y'all have any notes? Now, I did not take any notes, but oh, I think I know. James took some. But did you have any, like, things that you were like, I specifically want to talk about this? I looked it up and I didn't, I'm not sure just because there's no for certain, no one knows for certain, but apparently Kim Pendavis was a trans man. And I was like, oh, that's, I wouldn't like, oh, that was very surprising. And if that is the case, I was like, oh, that's fun representation to like, I don't know, just be able to kind of see yourself represented in something. I think that really for me was the biggest thing. I had never seen it before and it was really nice. I think overall you know you don't see very much of the trans experience on on television i think it's it's more and more common to see like the queer experience and that's nice it's good to see like yourself be represented in some way but like at the end of the day i am not like a a gay white person so the experience Mm -hmm. only goes so far and as much as i think we do have similar experiences my experience is not going to be the same as like a white trans man so to see, you know, black and brown trans people not just be like the the at the forefront, but also like this sort of like love that they felt for one another and this community and this togetherness and to see like very few white people sort of like involved in it was really like, I don't want to say refreshing, but like refreshing <laughs> is the word that comes to mind <laughs> to just see a bunch of black and brown people talking about how like they'd found family because you don't see that represented very often. Yeah. I would love to see more of it in the 2000, uh, I guess not 10s, but the 2020s. 100%. And I think that's, we talked about, I think we've talked about before, like why uh, James was able to get me to do this podcast was because, you know, he was like, what if we watch queer movies? And I'm like, well, this is like a great time to show James, uh, my straight friend, queer film, um, and hopefully to introduce queer film to other people um, so that we get more queer film. And through the journey of this, um, I've obviously tried to expand my search of what I watch uh, because, you know, as a white gay man, I tend to look for the movies that are representative of me. So I'm like, where's the white gay men? And that's usually like the ones I watch uh, personally. But it is important to reach out and watch other things um, to watch other queer film because there are different queer experiences um, across the board because, you know, there are a lot of different versions of being queer. And in looking for these movies, it has been so hard to find movies that are representative of black queer people and of uh, Asian queer people and of just any, anything else that's not, a white gay man and James and I talk about it all the time in our movies uh, we're like where are the people of color there's no one here <laughs> like yeah. this movie I'm glad that it's queer but there's no there's only white people like why what's the point of that because a lot of queer people that do have a found family those found families are usually super diverse there are people from every different ethnicity and every different like cultural back I want to say like you know, there are people that come from the rural area, people that grew up in the city, people that are poor, rich, all those things. The community itself is so diverse uh, that 
you know, that should really be reflected in our media. And it's not. Um, it really isn't. So it's so hard to find um, movies that focus on queer black people and especially trans women and men of color. I think that like it um, I think a, another common thread that like you hear a lot in the trans community is almost that like we're like the forgotten queers because mm-hmm. I I think that there's something about transitioning where you almost stop being seen and like someone that I'm like mutuals with made a point about how like I th- a big reason might be that like you know lesbian bisexual gay that's like your sexual preference and things like that whereas trans is not it has nothing to do with like who I'm sleeping with it is just that like this is the gender that I am. So I, I think there's a bit of a divide there and you almost start to feel like you don't really know what spaces you're welcome in anymore. And that might be like a reason why there's very little representation. And it's like, that kind of sucks. But like this again was like a, a bittersweet breath of fresh air. Um, and it's nice to like hear that, you know, you do look for that sort of like representation, even though, you know, you are not trans and that you want to expand that knowledge, not just for yourself, but for other people that listen to the podcast and James and, you know, the world at large. Yeah. Um, And I also think it's equally important to have a guest on that is not necessarily a white gay man that has a different point of view to a lot of movies that do have something else. Like um, whenever we do a lesbian movie, I try to have, on someone um, that identifies as, like, a lesbian or bisexual or, like, you know, is a woman or identifies as a woman. Um, Because, you know, there's a lot of things in these movies, uh, especially if they're made by a filmmaker that is uh, black or a filmmaker that's trans or a filmmaker, you know, that's not a white gay man. uh, There's going to be a lot of things in there from their personal experience, uh, just because producers and directors tend to do that, uh, that I'm not going to see and I'm not going to know. And especially, like, I think we watched, what was that movie? Was it Disobedience? Yes. Um, that was, yeah, it was a uh, a queer woman in the Jewish community. And I'm like, I'm not Jewish. I don't understand this. I don't know what's going on. And it's like, you know, I I want people to watch these movies and I want people to understand. So I want to have guests on that are able to sort of bridge that gap um, between what my knowledge is and what James's knowledge is uh, so that we can have a good conversation about these movies Um, and not just, you know, the jokes that James and I normally normally have. It would be like, yeah, James, I guess you're going off and nitpick filmmaking opposed to, uh, or the weird like intricacies of like, they were eating without, without any silverware and I don't, it was spaghetti. Why were they doing that? (laughs) <laughs> what movie was that? No, that's what? no. I'm just He's bringing just up things like, that random. I uh, dumb shit that I notice I and like, have that to look away. <laughs> I was like, uh, what? Um, I'm gonna write a movie, and that's gonna be a whole scene. It's gonna be like really don't. silent and really tense, and it's just people, and they're gonna be eating spaghetti, and it'll be like six people at a table all doing it differently. So like one person will just have a plate, and they're like, and then one person will be like. And then one person will be taking it one noodle at a time. <laughs> I just want I can I be the person that's sitting there and just like grabbing a whole mountain like in my hand and just like just like shoving it all over my face. No, we're gonna, gonna do that I'm gonna give you like James. a styrofoam plate and you're gonna fold it and you're gonna have to like 
pour it into your mouth You're like, like that. pour it. I'm going to pour it. I'm going to pretend like it's one of those giant pizzas that you fold in half, and I'm pouring the grease, like, directly, just directly into my mouth. I love um, that. I just, want, I just want to do that specifically so that, you know, if you're going to be making the movie, and I'm going to be in the movie, we can, like, have double the guilt for James so that he has to watch it. Let's just get a bunch of James, like... His old peers to do that. It's not even a movie. It's just a clip we put and we just tag him in it repeatedly. Oh, what I was thinking would happen is since it'll probably be an independent film, you'll be like, well, we need a sound guy. James is a sound guy. You don't put that in the script. So then I have to have like a boom mic cranked up so I can make sure there's no interference of just people slurping and mushing around. Ugh. We have you help the- us with the whole film, but we don't tell you about that scene. We just slip that in. And then as you're editing the film, that scene comes up and you're like, what the hell is this? What the hell is this? What is this? <laughs> I gotta watch this? And he's like screaming out and watch this. We're on a, the other side of a two way mirror and we're just sitting there filming it. And we're just like, yes, yes, James. The only time I've been angry with Lil Corey from uh, Hit It and Credit is there was part of Hit It and Credit where cicadas are involved and I had to like get cicada sound effects and someone just like I guessed had like a net full of cicadas or a cage full of them and they were like crawling on the windscreen in stereo and it like I started I almost threw up because you could like I had headphones on listening to them and uh, it's it was one of the most disgusting things I've ever had in my ears just are you able to listen to people chew no yeah I can do that oh <laughs> I can't but, but if can- if if I see people eating with their hands, Good Mythical Morning, if they start eating uh, any greasy foods, Hainicle, uh is what TC said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to turn away. There are some episodes that I say to Nicole, like, I can't watch this because I know did, that's did, what. Can you not watch Hot Ones? Hot Ones I'm fine with. I love it when there are some people who will eat with a fork. <laughs> and, with There's a fork. no, like, specific thing. Well, no, no. If they're like palming it, then I'm like, ugh, gross. But normally because they're hot wings, people are like very dainty with it. And they're like, ew, I don't want to get this on my fingers to then end up on my eye. So be- me. Oh, I hold my hot wings like this. Oh, please don't. <laughs> I, just, I bite like this. I bite like between the grooves of my hands. It's like, ah, disgusting. Ah. You mash Amazing. it through your grooves. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you um, eat hot wings, Tavia. So I, you know, I don't know. I can't disprove it. Man, I recently got some hot wings from um, Wingstop. Worst place to ever get wings from. Let's start there. Um, this is not a Wingstop stand account. Put more meat on your wings. What is this? Where are you getting these chickens from? <laughs> but they have these atomic wings. And I was like, oh, fuck it. You know, I want some like hot wings. That's fine. And they were so hot. <laughs> to throw them away <laughs> why don't you just rinse them off a little because i'm not you james james i don't think fuck? i i would have to rinse them off and like bake them a little so they get crispy again how even would you rinse them you can't touch your food <laughs> I, I would no what i would do is i'd put them in like a sifter or a strainer and then just i know i've put said them in this a before but I don't think I've ever said it on this movie's gay. One time back when we worked together, I saw Jesus this man. Christ. He got some. We had like we had had food catered for the Fourth of July, and there was leftovers the next day. And I went in the kitchen to eat a normal lunch like a normal person, and I saw him piling potato salad onto hot dog buns, and I was like, 
what kind of meal is this? And then James, anytime he's explained it, he's like, because, you know, it's like a hot dog. And it, it's not like a hot dog. I'm a vegetarian, so I can't eat hot dogs. So then oh just get God. some potato salad. You didn't have to have but the bun. This is a fun treat. It's no, fun it's to do this. No, it isn't. A hundred percent it is. Chat, let me know, even though I won't be able to read it because I don't acknowledge you. <laughs> I, I do want to acknowledge chat for a second. So Queen City Q uh, was very excited about this movie. And they said, I am so here for this convo. And I mean, it's true. I was literally having this convo this morning about the um, not having more uh, diverse film uh, in the queer community. Queen, if you're still here, do you have anything about this film specifically that you like wanted to touch on? Or wanted us to, like, you know, talk about. Take your time if you're here. If you're not, yeah, no, that's fine. So, it's a very, it's a very heartbreaking film. Mm -hmm. Can I do some of my notes? Yeah, let's hear those notes. Okay, I, this one's like a, I guess like a fun game or a thought oh. experiment. So, they have a lot of categories in these balls. I wrote some of them down. And I want to know if you were to participate in a ball, what would your category be? Either you can pick from this or you can do uh, something in your own life that you're like, I would be able to win this category. So, you had things like body. Oh, wait. Nope, that's not it. Um, luscious body, schoolboy or schoolgirl, country. And then there was like another, you know, like country fashion, you know, southern town and country, uh, cowboy. What was it? County and country. Thank it was you. town and country. Town and country. OK. Like a vehicle. Executive realness, which is like <laughs> business people. <laughs> what? Uh, TC and I both just like made a fucking face when you said like vehicle. Yeah, like both a town and country like, vehicle, you know? Oh, my God. Town and country is like. I think it's like huntsman. Like you look like you would like go on like horseback riding. Yeah, you'd go like. Did, uh, oh my god! Did you see the queen that was presented in that category? It? Did you watch the movie? I might have been writing. Uh, then we also have executive realness, which is businessman and businesswoman, business class, airplanes, another vehicle. <laughs> Uh, Butch Queen and specifically they were looking at first time participating in ball Butch Queen then military high fashion evening wear and realness which is just uh, if you can pass as a straight person going down the street that's realness sign me up for executive realness and realness I really my favorite season I talk about this a lot is holiday party season because I think it's you know as like people who I think all of us are probably in the same like pay bracket um I don't think that we get like a, a, a ton of t <laughs> I just meant like I don't think any of us make more than like I don't think any of us have ever made more than like 50 to 60k a year and that's me highballing um at least specifically for myself and I think holiday party season is the season where, like, you you spare no expense. You know, you can show up in a, like, $200 suit and you feel like the person that you have, like, always you're supposed to be. I don't know if, like, I've never seen you at a holiday party, James. And I'm, I'm, I I got to be honest with you. I think you'd wear your red pants and, like, a band tee. But, Corwin, maybe you'll relate to this. Where, like, you get to, like, you get to dress to the nines. Yeah. And just for a night, you get to be someone that you aren't every other day. And I think that like that to me is probably the closest I've ever come to like really like pulling out all the stops. Um, and now more like frequently, the more like I become like confident in how I look and I'm, the terms range between passing and cis assumed, um, the more like 
just comfortable I am with how I look and the less, you know, feminine I look, I've started doing this thing where like I'll buy clothes from like those like quick online shops like ASOS and Boohoo mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, and like I'll do a whole like little photo shoot in the outfits and then return those clothes. Yeah. Um, but it's like I'll buy like suits that are like $200 and take pictures of them and be like, this is like this is top of the top. And then they go back. Cause I don't have $200 for a suit, but like jewelry suits as James knows sunglasses. Like that's my like wheelhouse right now. And it just, I think those would be the ones that I would do. And then like realness and passing. I think that's just like, I don't know. I think now if I walk down the street, nobody is like, that used to be a girl. So <laughs> I think I would be okay. <laughs> when I get dressed up, it's, it's a nice dress shirt and, and I, not the red pants. It's a nice brighten that hue a little bit. It's a nice pink pant. <sighs> anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't like being, I, in, I don't like being in tight I, clothing. I, well, you don't have to wear tight clothing to dress are, up. There are there's dress up clothes that aren't tight. James. Okay. The last time I saw a picture of you dressed up, and I, I that was really rude of me. Sorry, I shouldn't have used quotations. <laughs> it was just how I felt in my heart. <laughs> um, it was like it was. It's not what I think when I think dress up, but I do think I think fashion is also a spectrum. What's fashion to you is not what's fashion to me. Is maybe not what's fashion to Corwin. Is maybe not what's fashion to like. Anyone really, we just all have our different ideas. So, if that's for you, like this right hey. now, this is me looking uh, pretty good. I won't go below I do the feel waist like he has, because I feel like he's dressed up the most he's ever dressed up. This is like the right most now. I've ever seen you dressed up for a recording. And I will say that's a very like, like, um, that's like a nice, like, casual. We're going to like a, a spontaneous dinner on Tuesday. Would you, I, I'm asking like you directly, would you wear that to a holiday party? No, I, I have better dress shirts than this. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm surprised I a you. little bit. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, the reason why I'm wearing a button up is because I haven't done laundry since December, early and December. And the truth comes out. And I have to start going to my dress shirts because I'm like, oh, I'll do laundry now, but then it snowed and I have to go to a different apartment unit area. Like I have to go outside in order to get to laundry and uh, the sidewalks are snowy. And I'm like, I, I, I got more dress shirts. <laughs> I feel like I actually have a very similar <laughs> shirt to that. And that's like my that's just everyday wear for me. I mean, as someone that was a lesbian for years yeah i have tons of shirts like <laughs> well yeah yeah i definitely fit the 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 gay uh let me let me wear plaid we're gay uh, of course stereo. we have plaid <laughs> of course this was I, a, of course i have plaid a you know? hand-me-down from my younger brother-in-law you know what i love a good a, a good clothing piece turtlenecks i think turtlenecks are so good and you look great in uh, one I just Thanks. rediscovered a turtleneck that, like, my grandparents gave me one Christmas that I immediately was like, oh, yeah. and I just started wearing it again, like, a month ago, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm really feeling this. I'm like, you know, the boop, boop. Crop tops and turtlenecks are just for queer people. I don't think anyone else should wear crop tops or turtlenecks. I just discovered a TikToker that does bar classes every, every day of the week, like ballet. Uh, and oh. I think I'm going to start doing like that uh, so that I can get back in my 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 shape that I was in in uh, college. 
and maybe even better and and start wearing crop tops because I just I really like that aesthetic and want to be in the crop top um, area, which I know I can. Everybody body is beautiful, but I personally have, you know, the body image issues and all that stuff. So like wearing a crop top necessarily isn't something I like seeing myself in right now. So I would like to get to a point where I like myself in that. Um, and my categories, James, I think I would, I would do, uh, schoolboy and real, real, I, uh, realness, whatever. Realness, what, business, what, what? realness, yeah, executive. Yeah, yeah. I think you Not would do schoolboy really well. Like, I, I would could see love that. schoolboy. Yeah. I would, I would love to dress up like that because I, I feel like I could, I feel like I could, like, you know, the, the pulling out the book and like taking notes. I was immediately when that category came up, I was like, ooh, opening a book and then sitting down and, I loved Immediately that. Immediately they did it. And I was like, yep, that's I think that's if what I, I had would... been like in the ballroom, I would have hollered. I would have been like, give it. <laughs> give it. That's it. That's <laughs> the one. Tens across the board. <laughs> that would have been me. And I would have been so shy and happy. But And if you happy. would have walked down the runway with a cigarette in your hand, I, I'd be like, holy shit. Because everyone who did that in this movie, I'm like, yes, cigarettes make everyone look so much cooler. And also... Fur coats. The fur, the fur coats. I feel like if I did the cigarette, it would have to be on like, I would have to, I would have to have a tiara because like, you know, that's, that's kind of the look that I like having. And then it, one of those like long, like cigarette holders. Oh yeah. Just like, boo- yeah. One of those. Or like the thing, if you watch Sabrina, like the little ring thing that Zelda has that has a cigarette on it, like one of those would be also be cute, I think. I think executive realness for me would be a suit. So like the blazer and matching pants, a turtleneck and a color that complemented whatever color was in the suit. And then I would have like jewelry and then a cigar. Oh, hell oh. yeah. Yeah. Pulling out the cigar. Wow. Literally would have been on the balcony just like snapping, like a lot screaming. of rings. I think jewel really, jewelry really makes an outfit. It really does. I need to incorporate more jewelry into my like everyday look. I also you can need get to really find cheap my jewelry makeup. on like uh, Shein. If it is delivered, I ordered a shit ton of jewelry from Shein, and I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, it'll be here. <laughs> I have a lot of like rings from like Amazon, and then also like ex boyfriends that I stole their rings. Like you know, I've got <laughs> wasn't intentional. They just didn't show up for a date, and I was like, okay, well, I guess we're breaking up. Bye. I still have your <laughs> ring. Jesus. <laughs> I don't have any rings because I. I fiddle around with them and I like dig them into my skin and then James. That's why I can't like um, <laughs> fashion. I, I've never been. I've worn a like very nice suit once to in a job interview did not get the job. And that's it. I out of all these categories, I don't think any would fit with me. I wrote down like to try town and country. Oh, maybe <laughs> uh, or military. I love stolen valor. Um, oh my god! <laughs> um, I wrote down with which TC alluded to a earlier thrift store graphic tee. If that was a category, distressed. If they had one and they were like thrift store sheet. Come get on the floor. I'd be like James. Yeah, <laughs> James. Me, James. A lot of look my... at how baggy those pants are. <laughs> you need to get here right now. <laughs> there was. You can get the trophy. Uh, you could win it. I got a Lay Miz shirt once in high school from Goodwill. I wore it at at school, and 
a teacher of mine oh, no. said a teacher of mine said I had a shirt just like that, but my wife was, you know, doing spring cleaning and brought it to Goodwill. <laughs> and I was like, hey dude, I have your shirt. <laughs> He was my he was my uh, Lord of the Rings teacher, so we had a class that was just Lord of the Rings, so uh he was cool with it. Uh Queen did answer, by the way. Uh over talking about Paris this is burning, I have commentary and a half. Uh it is literally the perfect example of how popular queer culture originates from the underground uh yes, BIPOC does. scene. And the term realness and common vernacular low-key makes me so angry, which I understand. Uh and that <laughs> I mean, that is a category at some balls, the the thrift store. I think realness is like a a, a bit of a, a gut punch because it is a tough thing in the trans community. Um, and I think the it, it kind of is it depends on your like um, your experience with being trans. I think there are, you know, I know trans people who are like stealth, which is, you know, no one knows they're trans. They are super cis assumed and they don't tell anyone mm-hmm. that, you know, they don't tell anyone about like they're, that, that they are trans. And then there are people who are like, I don't, you know, I tell everybody for me, I think that, you know, I am cis assumed. It's not something that like I care about in safe spaces where like on Twitter, I talk all of the time. I never shut up about being trans, but you know, in, in public settings, you know, if I'm out in the open, specifically if I'm with a bunch of like, or if I'm around a bunch of like, typically cis men, or, you know, like at, at work, those are places where like, no one, you know, not that like anyone asks or anything, but like, I'm not super forthcoming with the fact that I'm trans just because it's a safety thing. Sorry, I was reading, but I have cis folks knowing they were saying real. Mm, that's true. That's a good point. That like, I think specifically like cis queer people will say realness a lot. And it's like, that I think there is a, a connotation that maybe I, I don't think I knew before the movie that that was originally what it meant. Um, and I think now I have a different understanding of it. But I do think that it does kind of boil down to like it depends on where you are in your transition. I don't see myself ever in a place where like there are people who are stealth to the point where it's like they tell no one. They don't tell their partners. They don't tell, you know, you know, new friends or anything. And I think that's fine. I think that if that is your that if that's where you are and that's what you're trans experiences that's fine for me um i think that there is a lot of who i am now comes from the woman that i was for so long um and that i wouldn't be the man that i am without her so i always like keep that in mind and like sort of revere the person that i was i have such a level of like love and reverence that i don't think i had for myself when i did identify as a woman um but the further into my transition i get the more grateful i am just to have you know had her for so long and have learned so much and had so many experiences, good and bad, um, because I think that they make me a better man. So I speak very highly of her. Um, I, I don't really look at us as the same person, if that makes any sense. But like, I said all that to say, <clears throat> I don't really know what I said all that to say. <laughs> there was a point I was making, but I lost it. You're talking about the the uh, vernacular realness and yeah. um, people using it and not knowing the origin. I think my understanding of the origin of realness is like essentially how passing or cis assumed or stealth, you know, you are capable of being. And I think there is a level of, of knowing that, like, I think that's the goal people think trans people have. I think cis people, you know, 
assume that our goal across the board is, I just want you to think I've always been this gender. And then that's not the case for a lot of trans people. So I do think that, you know, the term realness in the wrong hands um, is super offensive now that I have a better understanding of what the term means. Yeah, that that's yeah. Could I yeah. serve it, though? Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't talk about gender a lot personally and like my own interpretation of gender because it's not something that like you know i am a very outwardly appearing cis male which like i'm fine with it i'm okay with it uh but i wish like personally that people don't see me in that manner at all so seeing and understanding things like that i think really helps helps just sort of solidify where gender sort of bases in me and my personal identity. So like, I think that's one of the great things about like watching this movie and seeing that representation. Yeah. Um, agreed. Yeah. Oh God. There was something else I wanted. Oh, this might be controversial. So we were watching this and I was watching this with my roommate and I asked the question, um, do you think straight people should do drag? Like cis straight people? Yes, yeah, cis straight people. Cis white I, straight men. Ugh, I, ugh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I had to work through a ton of really negative thoughts. Now, let's circle back to that. I, I guess I wonder what you're getting from it. I think that there's this thing where like, would it normalize it? And then I, I was going to say maybe, but actually I think my answer is no. I think that when, if I can be completely honest, when cis straight white men get a hold of things, um, it becomes theirs. And I, I don't think that they are safe. Um, I, I have yet to see like at large cis straight white men do something and be genuine with it. Um, so I think that. I guess I would want to, I would think it was for personal gain. And even still, I'd be like, I don't really know what it's for. I don't know what you, I mean, if you're doing it cause you enjoy it, um, I guess we all deserve to enjoy things. But I, I think even to take like just cis straight white men out of it as, you know, a black trans person, I think I look at a lot of things and I say, when do, when do we get to like have our own things? And I think this on a scale overall, is like, when do queer people get to have things? Like, when do we get to have this thing where we say, hey, this belongs to us. You don't need to, you don't need to be involved in everything. I think that's a very important thing. And I will say from my experience as a trans man, conversations I used to be able to be involved and in, I can't be in them anymore because I'm not a lesbian. I don't get to have conversations with the girls about things that affect them because even though they used to, I think if that door is open and someone is saying, how did it used to affect you? I can then join the conversation, but I need to be welcomed into that space. And I don't really see, you know, queer people that are doing drag saying, hey, we'd love to have some cis white men in here. Um, and I, th I think that it would be more like they just kind of join instead of being welcomed. So my answer is no. Queen, you said yes, 100% yes. Why is that? One of the most politically active person in the world started as the straight white cis drag queen. And now that are now that are the lesbian trans advocate in Canada, we all look to up to, I think, but they also had a good reverence. I, so my, my thing is it always makes me feel icky. I say it gives me like a feeling 
And I think part of that is, so my roommate said, yes, 100, yes, uh, drag is open for everyone. Uh, I think drag is definitely open to be consumed by everyone, um, but to perform drag, I don't know. I personally am not in, you know, I don't have a drag persona. So, you know, what room do I have to talk on? But he brought up a good point that specifically the act of doing drag has a certain queerness about it uh, that you it's just impossible. It's it would be impossible for someone that, you know, straight white says to do drag and not have some aspect of queerness to them. I think that I might disagree with that. Because I think that more and more, the more that, like, I think the, like, double-edged sword of being queer or being black or being any type of minority is that the more we are heard, the more you hear, like, the the, the bad majorities being like, well, I want to be heard now, too. And it very quickly becomes this thing of, like, well, now I want to be in this space with you so that, like, I can, ex- I want to have this, I want to experience what you're experiencing, um, so I'm going to join in on this thing. I don't know if that makes any sense. I think it's something that like I see and I don't know if I'm using the proper like wording for it, but I'm trying to like. It's like, definitely it was it. definitely like a question that came up whenever I was watching the movie. It's definitely not something that we need to necessarily discuss. I think you can't assume someone doing drag makes someone queer. It doesn't necessarily make I'm not saying it makes them queer. I'm saying that the act of doing drag is in itself a queer act because it comes from a queer uh, history and it has such a big involvement in the community. Um, the basis of drag and everything that is drag is all in a very queer space. I think um, my question in response would be, and here's my issue with cishet people, and I, I know I'm generalizing, and uh, unfortunately that's just like them's the breaks. When is it? Because right now doing drag is a celebration in the queer community. How do we know that you are celebrating us and you're not like being mocking? And let's say, you know, some cishet allies are celebrating. What happens when the ones that are mocking come in? Do we then say, well, now none of you can do it? Or do we say you have a a select few? I think that there are, to me, there are safe spaces that just have to be safe spaces. And we get to have those because we have so few of them. And I think that sometimes you have to like say, hey, you don't get to come in here. You can watch, you know, you can enjoy it. You can appreciate it, but you don't get to join. And I think that that should be okay. And I don't think it usually is. I think it's very rare that, you know, as any minority, we're allowed to say, hey, we just want to have this thing for ourselves and please let us have this. And there's no pushback. Yeah. I I just thought it was an interesting question. And I know like a lot of people are going to disagree um, with how I feel and how you feel and uh, whatever. Um, but I think it's an interesting question and it is a question that needs to be asked and discussed um, because, you know, with drag becoming more popular, um, a la RuPaul and um, the Blatt Brothers, uh, Dragula, like stuff like that, uh, there are going to be more, you know, it's going to be a bigger question in the future. Um, and especially if we're talking about making queer film more accessible to the community at large uh, and to making more queer film and making it more of a focus in everyday society, uh, there are going to be people that pick up these terms, uh, pick up like the term realness and things like that and pull them into their vernacular um, where they aren't necessarily part of these communities. 
Um, and I think drag is going to be drag is sort of on the route to be sort of the same thing with it being picked up and brought into the more mainstream space. We especially have that, like, you know, you have all those talks about Boys Town having the bachelorette parties in Boys Town with like the drag queens and things like that. So there's this weird spot where you've got like the straight consumerism, uh, which Queen just mentioned, uh, and like, you know, it's just like there's some crossover uh, that we're seeing because queerness is becoming more accepted nationally. You're going to have, you know, questions like that. Personally, I I think my issue comes with it comes from there is there is a blood price that has been paid uh, by people that have created that art form uh, and the uh black trans community there's blood there's blood there um and there has been blood there it's not something that straight people are necessarily going to experience or see so it feels hard to um you know to see something being consumed in that manner uh queen said i see i have more issues with straight consumerism in queer spaces than i do a straight cis doing the art if that makes sense as someone who does drag i've noticed the reverence and respect by someone doing it as more where a lot of consumers treat the consumption of drag as dance for me your experience is solely for my entertainment and at my discretion that's true and i think you touched on that with uh if you have a drag queen uh who is straight cis white that is doing the art form uh and honoring that versus the people that are doing it for the clout or the money or whatever. I think just my overall stance on it is the best. And I, I don't, I'd like not specifically for drag, because again, as someone not in the drag community, I don't want to be like, this is yeah. like a lay of the land. I think for me overall across the board with safe spaces for queer people, I think I look at it and I say the best reverence you can show me is saying, you know what? This looks like a lot of fun. I'm just going to enjoy you doing it because with me can come any other cis, you know, cishet person. And that's not safe for you. I think the best thing that cishet people can do is remember that our safety is 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 the most important thing. And that like, even if you want to join in, I, I like I like keep in mind but you still need to be safe. And I don't know that they do super often. And I think that's the where the frustration and the concern comes from. That's fair. James, do you have any other notes uh, now that I've gotten us on a very... Uh, now that we've had this in-depth conversation. Uh, yeah, I just got a quick... Uh, <laughs> I, just a couple. Um, just a nugget. <laughs> a nugget. The Elks Lodge is a friend of all alt cultures because... If you can, on an entire week, you can go to, like, a hardcore wrestling show, a drag show, a screamo show, and then, like, a sci-fi convention, all held at an Elks Lodge. I don't know what their uh, mission statement is, the Elks and their lodge, but uh, two thumbs up to them for being so open. Maybe it's just like, hey, as long as you— Was that the venue? (laughs) Was that one of the venues? Yeah, one of the venues was like, we're at the beautiful such and such Elks Lodge. And I was like, man, I went to a lot of Screamo shows at Elks Lodges. 
I, I feel like maybe their motivation and their mission statement is, oh, you have money and you want to do this. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I was about to say that. As, hey, as long as you're not going to screw up and like be destructive to our venue, yeah, come on. But for like Screamo shows, like it doesn't bring in a lot of money. So I, I feel like they can't be asking a lot of money for this stuff. So I don't know. If anyone is part of the Elks, put it in a five-star <laughs> iTunes review. <laughs> Uh, and then my favorite line in this was a uh, was someone uh, because they're talking about how all, when all these categories started coming about, people started becoming sticklers for the rule. And a man just shouting because they were saying his uh, their their fur coat was a woman's coat. He is screaming. The buttons are on the right side. <laughs> I was like, yes. hell yes, that's important. Like, I mean, like it. They talked about it, it being so some of the the uh, categories being very nitpicky and things. Um, but that's just so weird to me. Uh, and I've done costuming that the buttons on the specific side is like how we gender like coats and things. Yeah. So strange. I would have been in the back taking the buttons off. I would have been like, not going to catch me. <laughs> no buttons today. <laughs> we ain't going to close this. This uh, coat. this is a genderless let, let coat. A, let me get a tie on. Hold on. Let me let me sew uh, sew these uh, holes shut real quick. Give me a second. It was a beautiful coat though. It has it a, a zipper on coat. it. I did like that part though. And then they turn around and they're like, "Are you a fucking judge?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, and pants, yeah, pants too. Um, oh which, my god, the fake fucking pockets. Ugh, they're terrible. It, they're fucking like, terrible. It, I, I mean, I think gendering clothing is the most ridiculous thing in the world. As someone who has clothing from, you know, what would be the women's section and the men's section and from Target in my closet, um, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think it's something that a lot of people uh, who don't like cross over their clothing at all have no idea about. No and that's idea. why dresses don't have pockets. Needing to know your size in like a single and a double digit. Needing to know <sighs> yeah. that like women's pants don't have an inseam number. You just kind of got to eye it. You pull a pant, you pair of pants off the floor of your closet. Is it going to have pockets or no? Queen said it was made so women could button their own and then button their husband's coats. <laughs> you heard that it here first, dumb. folks. That Men don't know dumb. how to button things. <laughs> As a man, I don't know how to button things. Um, I haven't buttoned anything in the last two years. It's really difficult. But as someone who wishes to remain genderless forever and always, um, buttons, who cares? As, as a trans man, the only thing that keeps my pants up is my childbearing hips. <laughs> once I started transitioning, I forgot how to button, but luckily I am still uh, curvaceous. So, oh my God. Um, so those were your, your final notes, James. Yeah. All right. Uh, TC. And this is why Corwin wears pullovers. Thanks, hit people guy. Um, gendered clothes is how deep the patriarchy is weaved into society. Oh, the puns. TC, did you have any final thoughts, feelings, things that you want to talk about with this movie? We have definitely gone over, um, which is fine because it's been a minute since, you know, we've gone over. And this was an important movie to do that with, so... I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it was a good mixture of like, I guess just the reality overall of like being queer and then more 
so being trans and then all of that during like the AIDS crisis. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a very important piece of history, but also like refresh, refreshing to see in a very like, to go back to what I said earlier, just sobering way where like you do get to see them have family, but unfortunately you see like what happened due to the fact, not just, you know, the AIDS crisis, but also just because they were queer and it just was not an easy time to be queer, to be trans, to be visible. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to know, not just as queer people, but, you know, as a trans black person, it was really nice to just be able to see myself represented. Yeah. So thank you for introducing me to this movie. I'm glad that we could finally get you to watch it. Heck yeah. Um, Can I ask a question real quick? When you said history, did it bring up Siri? Yes, it did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw TC, TC side. I saw it on his face. I was like, oh, Siri came up. Stupid fucking computer. And also, thank you. <laughs> Normally on what the hell mouth, you just scream into your microphone, fuck off, Siri. I said, like, seriously during therapy today. And I was like, oh, you stupid bitch. And my therapist was like, <laughs> and I was like no, 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 no. Obviously no, no. not you. <laughs> Yeah, I it's it's an important movie. It's good. They mix they also mix a uh, a bunch they mix some like humor and some like fun and like hope with the very sobering like reality of um what trans women uh have to deal with. Um especially because you had uh that queen Venus Extravaganza who was literally talking about escaping from a situation where she was probably going to be murdered and managing to get away and then end up before the end of the movie being murdered in the same manner um, that she was describing. Like my, my roommate just had an audible reaction to it. And I did too, because it's like, this is just such a hard moment. And that queen looks exact. There was a, there was a guy in college that had a little bit of a crush on that. Uh, was dating one of my friends, and uh, he wasn't out at the time when I had a crush on him, but he came out later post-college and is doing drag and looks exactly like, no joke, exactly like like that queen, like her. Oh, sorry. I think that's also like a part of the sobering reality is most of them, like very few of them were like older than like I am. Yeah. And were like super, like I'm, 25 and i think that there's like that's a really like scary part of it of just being like you you live with that constant fear and i can't tell like i think like it's i think bad now but like i think back then it was probably like double triple quadruple well one of the queens was even talking about uh hector i don't remember which family it was but hector started that family was it extravaganza but talking about uh this guy hector and it showed like a picture of him and had his like, you know, his birthday, his birth year and when he died. And he was 25, literally 25 years old. Yeah. So, you know, that's why the statistics for trans women is so and 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 gay and even like we can even say gay men, too, because of the AIDS crisis. Just so short. So, so, yeah. so much shorter than it should be. So, you know, if you are not queer and you have queer friends, uh, check up on them, please. Uh, make sure they're safe. They're doing well in this pandemic because it's it's hard out there. But yeah, those those are this is a sobering final thought. Anything else, TC? No, thank you guys for having me. 
Thanks for thanks for being here. I am so you know I'm gonna have such a big talk with James about his guesting uh, habits. Like you know Something next needs time to be done. next time I next time I I should you know I usually do the guest stuff, so I should you know I should just. I think we I pay James way it. too well for this behavior. We to pay him persist. so well. We pay him with love. We pay him uh, with like a like a, a a smidgen of respect, like just a tiny tiny bit, like a taste. A peppering, a sprinkling of respect. I respect greatly. I'm always on time. I never forget when it's time to do something. And I'm met with disrespect and I'm tired of it. If I wasn't such like a perfectionist, I would leave in all of your guys' ums and long pauses today. Uh, did you like that one? That one was specifically for you, James. Um, There's another one. It's being left in. Oh, I know. It's after 45 minutes, so it will be it's left It's after in. 45 minutes. You never edit after 45 minutes anyway. I have not actually started doing that. respect to love, Beyblade. Uh, hey, people, got, we're You're not right. going to talk about that. Because <laughs> James James comes from me like I made fun of him for Beyblade. And I was like, did not. Your I never silence did. spoke thousands. James, when do I ever respond in, vo- in, in fucking group chats and things? Oh, if Nicole, when do I ever if respond? If Nicole says anything, you guys are up her ass like a fucking... Sorry, we don't ignore women. Receipts, Sorry, James. I don't fucking say shit. <laughs> you heard it here first. A man wants us to ignore a woman. <laughs> oh, like, oh, oh my God, this... My Nicole God. just says, hey, guys, I'm going to stream. And then you guys just... You drop everything and watch her stream. Name to me Please the last that, time guys. you did a stream and I didn't go watch. Uh, there are t- uh, there's a lot of them. I am literally watching the stream right now. Okay, yeah, <laughs> support <laughs> all of the streams you do. <laughs> guys, go watch uh, Nicole, darling homebody on Twitch. You wanted a good ending to our stream yesterday, so I sat screaming Earth, Wind, and Fire September into a microphone. You I were do doing best. that already. <laughs> Chaos Witch said, well, it's Nicole. And I yeah. uh, agree. It's Nicole, Period. James. What the fuck you expect? Exactly. Um, but also, I never respond in the fucking group chat. Oh. I, re- I read it like 10 hours later. I'm like, oh, that happened. Oops. You should still please like put a thumbs up or something. Why would I'm I react to it to that. the next day? Well, because sometimes I ask questions like, hey, does anyone want to guest or be on this stream? You and then DM me. Right. But like, if I don't respond, I don't want to hold the chat up by saying no. <laughs> I just feel James, like that's a- <laughs> James, I don't want to like harp about how popular I am, but I'm in like six different group chats. I don't have time. Me personally, I'm, you know, a pretty big deal in the sense of like very depressed so usually when you're doing your streams i'm sleeping i have very few waking hours so you're asking a lot of me that's you know i I have to choose between my dreams uh and hearing you say things that make me go corwin you're a known insomniac i have eight to twelve waking hours a week that means when i get to sleep i'm gonna stay asleep james and if I wake up, I'm going to sit in bed and scroll through TikTok. I am not getting up to answer the group chat. I'm not going to do it. It's just I, not going to happen. Have such Especially when you're friends. not talking to me. I'm kidding. I love all James of you guys. James is like, hello, anyone. And I'm like, no, I'm uh, enough of a narcissist to need that at Corwin. All right. I'll start doing that. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. I'm going to be adding you so much. <laughs> 
Don't you fucking dare. That's you why guys I said I DM Corwin and he responds within a leisurely eight to ten hours. Let, Not let only if I send a picture. True. James, just send pictures of your cat and I'll respond. Not That's only do I have answer. all of the chats on mute, I also keep my phone on Do Not Disturb, which is why one time James was like, Hey, you ready to record? You yeah. ready to get going? And like two hours <laughs> later, I was like, I am so sorry. I was asleep. Can we do it tomorrow? I can see like the background of my Discord because I have it open to show y'all. And I have like six chats and then like 200 Discord notifications. So like, anyway, uh, follow me on on Twitter and Instagram, not that I'm going to post on either of those, uh, in the Tiki Talk and, uh, and, um, Twitch, uh, at Core Winning. I'm on all of those. Um, again, if you DM me five to 10 business days, please. Um, but please follow me on all those. I would love to see it and follow you back and all those things. Um, also check out my uh, theater company. Uh, I know they're uh, making some moves. Uh, they are um, Sawbox Theater Collective. Yeah, those are my plugs. Thank you so much. TC, how about you? Follow me on Instagram at Tavia.CW. Or if you want to follow my transition, follow me at Transitioning with TC, which I rarely update, but still. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Tavia underscore CW or on TikTok. I'm not really sure what my name is on there, but follow me there too. Tavia has the best uh, Twitter interactions, um, so definitely. Cardi B <laughs> just interacted with me, so I mean, wait you for know, real? That's just like, yeah. yes. <laughs> Did, there wasn't even a tag or anything. Tavia just I didn't said this tag thing. her or anything. Tavia just said this thing, and then she responded. That's just and like I was like, what? That's the like level of friendship I have with Cardi. I don't have to tag her. She just, you know, she hits me up from time to time. Just Why you know, do- you know, shoot, you know, shoot the shit with your boy. Why do you routinely send me a screenshot of the person who I, you I, reminds you of me of I just got my prostate checked and came immediately, <laughs> but you never tell me the cool shit that happens on Twitter. Because you should you be that? following Tavia no. on Twitter, James. Oh, you should be checking it. I don't scroll. I James checks all the group chats, but he doesn't fucking check Twitter. Yeah, I, but oh, you want me hell? to check the group chat? Well, speaking of, <laughs> Wait, want- hey guys, what? anyone listening or watching, follow me. At, it's mostly speaking Sentai or Marshland Monster across most social medias. I'll respond to DMs. They're open. So, pl- but don't like send me like deedles and stuff or any nudity. Unless it's somehow of me, and I'll say, how did you get this? What? <laughs> no. Yeah, guys. I'll give you my address. There's an apartment no. open across no. the street. <laughs> I walk around naked routinely, and Nicole says, hey, you got to stop doing this. There's a that. woman in the complex who doesn't let you give her food for free. James's apartment complex sucks. Okay, that we don't have time. But if you want to hear the story TC just alluded to, listen to What the Hell Mouth. It's the podcast TC and I do about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He loves it. I've never seen it. That's the dynamic of the podcast. I also have other ones. Go to MLMPod.com to find out information about them. Or go to Patreon.com forward slash MLMPod to hear shows like Engage with Nicolas Cage, the Toku Reading corner talking about beyblade or our angel podcast which is a companion podcast to what the hell mouth called the podcast that be you can go over there 
please sign up. Uh, it, it would mean the world to us if you did. Patreon.com forward slash MLM pod. And if you're a $10 patron, you get shout outs on all our free feed shows. So let's give a big old shout out. I know he's in the chat right now. At least uh, 10 minutes ago, he was. Big shout out. Oh, to he's, st- in, he's in there right now. Steve F, a.k.a. Hit Steve People F. Guy. Hit People Guy. Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour. Trekkie B 47 Alex Z, a.k.a. AK the Waz. 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 Orion, a.k.a. the rapper Defo. The rapper Defo. Kayla, a.k.a. Two Grapes. Two Grapes. Duo Grun Fox, that's... Two fucks for the price, the price of one. Price of Grun. Yeah, okay, you, uh... TC said two fucks for the price of one. <laughs> uh, and then we have Tyler um, Wright. That's what I said in my heart. Tyler Wright, yes. And then Elliot W. at Garlic Sunshine on Instagram. The wonderful Garlic Sunshine, uh, who did an amazing picture of us. And a uh, Frank. And a Frank. Um, and that picture of us is literally my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go check it out. Go like it. Uh, spam comments. Yay, Corwin looks amazing. I need that. Period. I need that in my life. Period. So yeah, thank you all for being here. Um, did you just rub your beard against the mic? Yes, I did. <laughs> so distracted by that. It's a really uh, great feeling. Oh, I understand. I can't do that or like the 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 it would like scruff because I don't have a um windscreen. A windscreen. I thought a windscreen was this thing. It's both. Like you can call I have it either that or thing, but I can't actually since i moved i haven't like added it but before i moved i wasn't able to like put it on my mic and have it sit in the right spot and things um so maybe we should try that again and then i have a little pop filter being like i have one of those but i don't i don't know where it is somewhere on my floor probably broken mine's in my closet and you know i don't like going in there (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so thank you all uh love you all uh, TC, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I've been Corwin. And I've been James. <gasps> Bye. Bye. See you in class, bitch sticks. You literally, I literally had ended the stream. I'd literally ended the stream. It's still recording on like, my end. This is for the podcast. I know. It still says stopping stream. So I think I'm still live too. I literally, I literally ended the stream, James. Are we going to do it live? Fuck it. Yeah, we just like thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
I so I was just talking to my chat. <laughs> uh, hello, Queen. Hello, Anwell.